Is this thing on? Are you ready, Matt? You're listening to Box Office Avengers with Matt Diaz and Ernesto Santos. Good evening, folks. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. Ernesto, we have a lot to talk about this week, but first, we have to tell our lovely listeners what we are reviewing this week. Uh, I know last week we said we were reviewing The Woman King, but you know, shit happens, and so now yeah, we I have to do it. <laughs> Okay. Well, because it's going to explain why my list is so long. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. So you're getting the you're getting my sick li- my sick watch list. Sick watch list. <laughs> and those are the best, aren't they? <laughs> it's, well, it's, it's, well, it depends. Well, it, well, hopefully you're it wasn't watching. Fun. Well, right, but you're watching like good things, good things. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I mean. Like it's like it sucks that you were sick, but also good. Because there's potential to watch things you may not have, like you wanted to watch, but then you had now that you have the time to. Um, but uh, regardless, so if you base the title already, we are not reviewing the Woman King this week. We will get to it in future in a future episode, but not this not in this one. But Ernesto, tell lovely listeners what we are reviewing instead. Well, we are. Uh-huh. We're gonna go look. I, I, that was terrible, by the way. <laughs> I, I was ready the, for it. I was like, oh, oh okay. What, 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 where's he but going? But then, like, then I was like, fuck, I don't know where to go from that. Anyway, we, so we, you, you, you we got a hunk of hunk of burning love. love. Oh, you know, you're right, man. There you go. I, I, that, that's where I thought you were going with that. I should have just tossed it to you. Oh, yeah, that's fine. We it's are reviewing up. Elvis, Boz yes. Lerman's uh, written movie that he wrote and directed, starring Austin Butler, Tom Hanks, Olivia DeJonge. The gong, the John, yeah, the John, yeah. Somebody's like, no, that's not no, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys have been listening for a while, this is if you haven't, this is episode one forty one already, and if you haven't yeah. figured it out by then, um, we are bad at names. But if you are new to the podcast, well then, hello, welcome, and uh, just to let you know, we are bad at names. Yeah, it's not like we don't. Not for a lack of trying, we try. We do try. Just, we try. Just some human. <laughs> <laughs> some of these names are a little unconventional. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, there's that thunder again. You yeah. might be here. This, this might be a. This this is actually our special guest of the week. Is this yeah. the thunder that's outside right now? It's Thor's it's, it's outside. Rain, Thor's outside. Yeah. Like, uh, say it right, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we screw up and we hear the thunder, we know we know we did something yeah. wrong because Thor's not happy out there. Um, <laughs> but we've been actually wanting to review this movie for a while. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of slipped our rate. No, not not really slipped our radar. We've been it's been on the back of our mind for a little bit, right? Um, and so since we weren't going to the theater this week. Uh, we forget. Oh, that's, that's right. That's, that's, that's so sick. 
Gee, that scared me. Oh my god. Um, this is gonna be a fun episode. I can feel it. Um, um, yeah, it's like uh, we we didn't catch it in the theater, but it just hit HBO Max about maybe a week or two ago, and so we're like, now there's a good time to actually review this movie because it does have some early Oscar contention. And when we yes. talk about this movie later in the podcast and later in this episode, we can maybe explore some of the reasons why it's already getting that early Oscar buzz. Oh, and I can see it. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely see it too. Um, but it's funny because like we are in, uh, in the movie came out in June and it just hit HBO Max in September, and we are already we are slowly getting into the Oscar buzz season. It's yep. not really it's not when obviously we're we're the Oscars isn't until March of next year, but around like late fall and especially around December time. And you're, that's is when we that's when we start seeing some of the Oscar movies. And right now, the two that's been looked at the most is Everything Everywhere All at Once of has course. been has for been every, talked for about for everything. It needs, yes. it needs to be taught. It needs to be there for everything. Exactly. And Elvis was another one. And soon we're going to be talking about more down the line of some of the other contenders that are coming out. And there's some great movies that are already getting that early Oscar buzz. Um, yeah. One of which is uh, Blonde that comes out on Netflix soon at the end of September. The uh, Star- movie. Yep. Yes. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, she she's already early talks of getting you know best lead actress for her portrayal of Marilyn Monroe. Um, so uh, we you know that's coming out soon, and we're going to be reviewing that at some point. So I'm very looking forward to that movie. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Elvis a little bit later in the show as well as what we've been watching and apparently Ernesto's sick list that I'm interested in hearing. <laughs> um, but first, we're going to be talking about some movie and TV news, and we're going to put the emphasis on TV news right now because the Emmy Awards were last week. Um, the 74th annual Emmy Awards winners have been announced, and we're going to go over some of the big winners. Uh, in the drama category, Succession won for Outstanding Drama Series, beating out strong contenders like Better Call Saul, Euphoria, Ozark, Severance, Squid Game, Stranger Things 4, and Yellow Jackets. Ernesto, did you end up getting, maybe it's in your uh, sick list, but did you end up catching up with Succession? I did. It is. You did. It is. It is in my sick list. And it I can, is. Okay. I can. I can see why I won. It. It's. The show is beautifully written. Um, incredibly complex, morally ambiguous characters. Um, ah, some of them are just. So, I, I'm gonna get into it in my what you're watching. Like specifically what they did with uh, Jeremy Slater's character. He's mm-hmm. a, he's the main lead. Um, his depiction of his character is like is is so good. Oh my gosh. Just what he, gonna, does, what he does with that character on that show is pretty incredible. And I'm going to ask you, I know we talked very highly about Severance a few months ago when we watched it. And I feel like that was a great contender for winning the best drama series because it was new and fresh and different. Um, also, Squid Game was up there, a huge popular TV show on Netflix. And I'm... I'm curious, do you feel like that succession kind of goes above and beyond some of these shows that were nominated? Um, I mean, I've seen all of these, except for Yellow Jackets, because I, I think I saw on Showtime. It's on Showtime, yeah. 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 Um, so I'm sure it's good. Showtime doesn't usually put out bad shows, so that one's probably, no. it's more likely pretty good. But, I mean, I liked Squid Game, but I would have liked to have seen Severance on here in, in place of Squid Game. For best outstanding drama series, no, just because of just 
But I would have liked to have seen it. What do you do? You think it? Do you think it should have won? I think Severance should have won, in my opinion. I think mm. that Ozark lost its opportunity because I think its best season was season three of Ozark. I I loved the final season of Ozark, but I don't think it was its best season. So the fact that I it agree. didn't for it, the fact it, that it, it was a wrap up. It was a yeah, wrap up season. And so the fact that it didn't win doesn't surprise me, but. I feel like Severance was just so strong that I, w- I really would have liked to have seen it go to Better Call Saul because that w- it was their last season. They they posted something like they've been nominated so many times and never yeah. won. Well, that I don't know if this if the last season was up for this year's Oscar. I'm sorry, this year's Emmys. So I think I I, I could be wrong, but they might have one more go around because the last season just ended not too long ago. Yeah. And so maybe it might have one other one more year to get you know some recognition. I think maybe. I I would really hope so because yeah. To me, I actually th- I really stand by. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. I think that a lot of people care, say that. Like the the way just Vince Gillian and Peter Gould like they take what they did with Breaking Bad and they just elevate it to the next level. And just the way they their way to operate in in that prequel status with like you can't do too much because you can't alter what you already did in breaking bad because that's in mm-hmm. the future right. but you're still able to tell such great complex stories and like to set up what this to to basically give him his villain arc of of who he becomes in um in, uh, in breaking, breaking bad. bad and also this that has more seasons than breaking bad who knew that I mean, I never knew that Saul Goodman could have such a rich, and at least they can come up with six seasons worth of rich storytelling to lead into what was already a huge show of and Breaking Bad. It's Down. so good, and Bob Odenkirk is the fucking king. He's so, he's so underrated as an actor. Like mm. he's so good. Like like nobody. I, I don't know. Yeah. Was that last year or this? That was last year. That was, year. Just, that was last year. That was probably one, that was one of my favorite movies of last year. Yeah, that was, was, a, was so good in it. It was so simple and so good. I, I do yeah. agree with you. That was very unexpected to, to come at it from uh, Bob Owen Kirk. Um, but yeah, so Succession won. This would be the second Outstanding Drama Series Award for Succession. Its first win was back in 2019. So I'm Succession sure... is, hel- is hilariously, it's just like hilarious dark comedy with great writing. <laughs> I, I mean, it's one of those shows that... It's on the watch list as well as some of these other categories that I've been wanting to catch, but I haven't. I'll tell you what I've been watching, um, but it, um, it wasn't Succession. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so think of think of like political chess, but without like Game of Thrones political chess without the war and killing. And so what is the what is the what is the the profession? I just see them in suits. Where, where is this they're, a law they're firm? Me, they're media moguls. So they own oh, like media a bunch moguls, of okay. yeah. So like you know they own news and TV. They own a bunch magazines, like a bunch of different shit. Got it. Got it. Okay. And the the father he is he's aging and he's trying to find his successor. So mm. and it's a constant back and forth between the three siblings and just like the whole arc going through that and like how his dad like treats people like shit like it's it's oh, so good this does it's, sound like game of thrones it's kind of like who's gonna take who's gonna be sitting on the throne that that's literally what yeah. the show is about that's literally what the show is about so okay i mean it's you need to if you have it you need to move it up on the list man I'm i know you, i know i, I know think you would really like it and i'm sure I, w- I would and and i know that i will i just getting there i got i just gotta start it um but anyway congratulations but it's a but it's a pay but 
It's a pay attention show, Matt. Oh, it's, it is okay. So you can't can't like a uh, long day of work. It's like I'm gonna watch one of these. <laughs> no, <laughs> knockout. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's like what first thing in the morning on a day off. That's when that's yeah, when you watch exactly. it with a nice with a nice cup, cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with a notepad. <laughs> It's like, oh, all right. Who's, so, all right, who's that character? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm, Is that person? Mm-hmm. What's yep, that yep, connection? Yep. Okay, got it. Oh, <laughs> shit. His, the dad did what? Oh, damn. <laughs> Once you start it, there'll be a lot of that. But we, I digress. We'll, co- we'll come right. back to that. I want to come back to that when you eventually watch it. Okay, fair enough. Um, Succession star Matthew McFadden um, also won for Outstanding Supporting Actor uh, for his role in the series. Um, Ozark's Julia Gardner won for Outstanding Supporting Actress. This would be the third win uh, for her as uh, for her role as Ruth Langmore. Unfortunately, that was the only win for Ozark this year. I think it's crazy that Ozark has been nominated a bunch of times throughout its you know its run. It's only ever won four Emmys, three of which went to Julia Gardner for her portrayal as Ruth Gar- uh, Ruth Langmore. The other one went to Jason Bateman directing the pilot for uh directing the pilot for uh, Ozark. Well, she was one of the best things about that show. She like, is. I mean, how many memes are there about like of of her like from, yeah. specifically from that show? And honestly, I'm surprised that Laura Linney has never, always nominated, never winning. I feel like she's she's always great in that show. Um, yeah, that's true. But I mean, it just you have to look who she's up against. Like that's true. She, she's not that she doesn't hold up against them, but just like it's like I don't know. It's like it's hard. Like it's mm-hmm. like anybody. Like it's a ring toss. Like any of you could have won because all of you are so great. You know that's what I mean? That's very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just the luck of the draw at that point. But congratulations, Julia Gardner. Um, uh, Zendaya won for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for her role in Euphoria. And Lee Jung-ji won for Outstanding Lead Actor in in a Drama Series for his performance in Squid Game. Yeah, so, I see it. Both of those both of those were spot-on performances. Uh, I mean, but, you know, Zendaya never disappoints. Yeah. Anything I, anything she's in, she touches. Anything she does touch is gold. <laughs> yeah, she does great as, uh, you know, in the Spider-Man series, and she's... I think she's like her voice in Dune. That's right. I forgot she was in Dune. Um, yeah, this doesn't surprise me. Uh, Euphoria is another show I need to get on. But I have, you know, we've talked about this show many times on the show of uh, that it is a. Uh, it's, he- it's heavy material. Yes, it is, heavy it material. is very heavy. So it's like you can't. It's like Ozark. Not mm-hmm. like in the mafia sense, but in like that the material is so heavy you can only do like a little bit at a time. Right, right. And now we're, what, two seasons in already, I believe? I two, think three? Maybe. No, I think it's two. I think you're right. It two, yeah. Two. yeah. Um, it's one of the other shows that I will get to eventually. But I, I'll probably, I mean, to be honest, I'll probably start Succession before I start Euphoria. Um, and I feel like that's more of a show that I would probably enjoy. Correct. Um, yeah. Um, moving on to the comedy categories, Ted Lasso wins big yet again this, at this year's Emmys, taking home Outstanding Comedy Series, Jason Sudeikis winning for Outstanding Lead Actor, and Brett Goldstein, Roy fucking Kent, <laughs> winning for Outstanding Supporting Actor. Uh, Ted Lasso beat out Abbott Elementary, Barry, Kirby Enthusiasm, Hacks, only Murderers in the Building, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and What We Do in the Shadows for Outstanding Comedy Series Award. Um, I don't think that's a surprise here, Ernesto, that yeah, Ted Lasso yeah. wins again. Of course. It's, this last season was so good. 
It was, was this, really the writing, good. The writing on it, the arcs they gave cer- certain characters, what they set up for next season. Yeah. It was all beautifully done. And still keeping true to what the of what the show is all about. So Oh yeah. Absolutely. Good. Jason Sudeikis is always bringing it. Brett Goldstein was phenomenal in as as Roy Kent. Uh everything about that show is deserving. Hacks, I'm glad to see that's still up there, but as long as you're up against Ted Lasso, it's a hard it's a hard fight to battle. But that's another show that I enjoyed. Only Murderers in the Building. I did not see the current season, um but I did enjoy what I saw from the first season. Um, a lot of people love what we do in the shadow. Obviously, Miss Maisel and Kirby Enthusiasm has always been in the conversation. Um, Barry as well, that's always been there. Uh, but newcomer Abbott Elementary, the only cable show that is nominated this year. And you, did you ever finish it? I did. I, I guess I guess I got so mixed up in my what you're watching. Uh, yeah, I finished it. I really, I really that show grew on me uh, towards the end. Like, okay. I, re- I really liked it. Um, it 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 hit for me like the office like oh like that's wow. how, okay. yeah it, it was that good but i want but i i want to talk about uh quinta brunson's acceptance speech mm, okay oh did you uh sorry i don't know if you got to that part yet cheryl no, cheryl no. lee roth oh, go ahead no go ahead okay because right, well, the we'll abbott elementary thing is weird and i don't know if you know what i'm talking about I I know that she won kind of well she stars in the in the show but she also won for because she's uh, the creator she's the creator so she won for directing an episode that's what it was um, but anyway let's just finish up these categories uh, Jean Smart won again for outstanding lead actress in a comedy series for her role in Hacks well deserved well deserved good she was good in that last season <laughs> oh yeah she was. And uh, Abbott Elementary star Cheryl Lee Ralph won for Outstanding Supporting Actress. And that was that was a very big moment for her. And she started yelling, singing during her accepting speech. It, like it was it. almost like she was like she was like it was almost like she was preaching something during her accepting speech. Like like she was just so overcome with emotion. Like she just Yeah. You know, I, I, I think she was like I think she was singing almost. a song. Yeah, she. I think she was singing a song, and you know that that I saw online circulating. But what are what are you what were you talking about? So Jimmy Kimmel presented Quinta Brunson's award. Have you not seen this? No. So he presented her the award, and he laid on the floor right next to her while she gave her acceptance speech. No reason for that. No reason for that. Like how fucking weird is that? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. And 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 again, she won she won that award for directing an episode of Apple Elementary. Um, that is very strange. It's almost like it's very distracting. I mean, I never I did not see that circulate through my like feet. letting this woman who created this show like you couldn't just let her have her moment. You couldn't yeah. just let her have this moment. Like you like I don't know. That's such a jackass move. Yeah. Like where, know, where is the joke in that? <laughs> very true. And I know she's he's a comedian, but like there's a time and a place for that. And he also wasn't the host. Keenan Thompson was. So like Exactly. Move aside, Jimmy Kimmel. But now she um, and then I think she went on she did a spot on his show to like try to make up for it, but I don't think it was enough. <laughs> <laughs> I just think I just think it was a weird moment that was that was fucked up. <laughs> and and I feel like nowadays more more importantly though, like cable does not get nominated anymore for shows. It's it's anything that's on a streaming service that's getting the more awards because 
you have more freedom with streaming. And the fact that it's a cable network show on ABC and they and she won an award for that, like that's already an uphill battle to begin with. So yeah. why I sent you the link. I just sent you the link okay. from the from the CNN article, which you just China, it does kind of goes over what happened and it has a screen grab of Jimmy Kimmel literally laying on the floor behind this woman as she's giving her acceptance speech. Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, there it is. Very, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's just very strange. And it was her first win, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. How, we, how fucked up is that? Like, <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I wasn't watching your show then, and I'm still not watching it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a weird bit to do. Anyways, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop the, the link to the article if anybody else, if you guys want to read it and take a look at it. But it was just a weird moment. <laughs> yeah, it is strange. Um, moving on to the limited series categories, uh, the White Lotus wins for Outstanding Limited Series, beating out Dope Sick, Inventing Anne, Pam and Tommy, and The Anna. Dropout. Uh, dropping Anna. Yeah, dro- Inventing Anna, Pam and Tommy, and The Dropout. Now, I remember you really liking Dope Sick, and did you ever get to The Dropout? I didn't get to The Dropout. I know you saw okay. Pam and Tommy. I did um, see Pam and Tommy. I, I would have liked to have seen it for Dope Sick. I think... Dope Sick had a better message, had more, had more to get across. Not to, not that the white. I mean, I love the White Lotus, but that, yeah. I guess, for an entertainment purposes, I get, I guess, I understand. But mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen it given to them because Michael, Ke- especially even for Michael Keaton's performance. Yeah, and I mean, he did win for his performance, but I mean, he's he was winning around the circuits as well. But I thought it was odd to give it to the White Lotus as well, since a lot of people work, you know, in the in the past were giving the awards to Dope Sick, especially um, earlier this year when it was being nominated for those categories. It always either, it probably most likely went to Dope Sick at that point. Yeah. Um, but like it didn't go empty-handed. Michael Keaton did win for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series for his performance in Dope Sick, so there was that. Um, the White Lotus stars Jennifer Coolidge and Mary Murray Bartlett also yeah. won for Outstanding Supporting Actress and Supporting Actor for their roles in uh, The White Lotus. And Amanda Seyfried won for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series for her performance in The Dropout. So... Congratulations all around for those performances. Other notable Emmy wins, Chippendale Rescue Rangers won for Outstanding Television Movie, and the Beatles get the Beatles get back won Outstanding Documentary Series, both of which were on Disney Plus. Um, I was I was happy for Chippendale getting yeah. a win in there. That was a great one of my favorite movies of the year. It was getting a fun reco- movie. It was so fun good. movie getting recognized. Um, so I'm happy to see that. But anyway, that's all. Uh, of the notable awards that we want to talk about at this year's Emmys, great to see, and a lot, a lot of these were, I feel like, were self, you know, were really well deserved from the from the content that we, at least the shows that I've seen, a lot of you know, well deserved awards going all around, and um, I, I guess I got to get on a succession. I really don't have an excuse here. No, you don't. To not watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after the Emmys, now we're gonna wait a little bit, but I think we're gonna be start seeing, we're. After the Emmys are over, now we're starting getting to see more back into. It's like the 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 very very prelude to the award season. We're 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 still well away from that, but yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for this year's award season, especially for all the movies that are coming up. I'm looking forward to that. But we always like to recognize television because we watch all of that stuff. 
Yeah, um, we do both. So, we do both. We show respect for both. <laughs> and that's why they call us the Bingers of sorts. Um, <laughs> um, so moving on from that, now this news is interesting. There's, it's a two-parter. We're going to start with the first part. Sony Pictures <laughs> has announced that a new Karate Kid movie is in the works and will hit theaters June 7th, 2024. While the franchise has lived on thanks to Netflix's Cobra Kai series, the new Karate Kid project will be the franchise's first film offering since the 2010 reboot starring Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. It's unclear if the 2000, 2024 Karate Kid movie will have any ties to the Cobra Kai series, as it does not yet have a cast or crew attached. But it is described as the return of the original franchise. Now, Ernesto, I don't know about you, but when I hear the return of the original franchise, you know, you know, what, you know what I hear? Cobra Kai. Yeah, that's what I hear with the return to the original franchise. So I'm going to ask one simple question. Why the fuck is Sony making a movie, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I why? Like, who's pushing this? Who's yes. pushing this? Like, he's like, you know what? Cobra Kai is doing so good. Cobra Kai literally references the original three movies, like within the show very heavily. Like, that's mm-hmm. a very common theme throughout the entire series. So, like, we've already gone back to the original. Yes. Now, if this – but if this is a continuation from the movie we had with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith, then that's not that's not what that is. That's, no. Unless they're going to merge them. Now, unless they're going to merge that one and then j- that one is just another story in this Karate Kid universe. And then they're going to bring the Cobra Kai kids into this all – into this movie, which – if they do that, now that would be awesome. Like if this, like if that story was gonna merge into this movie, like mm-hmm. think of like like Marvel. This is their this is their MCU. Yeah, but I don't think they're I, I don't think they're gonna bring back Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. It doesn't feel like. I mean, when I read the Return of the Original Franchise, I I hear Ralph Macchio, right? Like I back in the '80s that movie, and they're already doing it. It feels like they're just like you said. They're, I feel like they're just trying to get money in a popular franchise that's doing so well on Netflix and Sony has the rights to it. The only thing that makes sense is that they take what's already established in Cobra Kai and turn it into a movie. But that being said, I feel like the series is doing so well. Why make a movie out of what's going on? You're, you already have the freedom of the yeah. series. There, it, it, you already have the return of the franchise with the series. This, All of this sounds like if... What, to me, this sounds like a reboot that is inspired by the original, which they already did that with Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. Exactly. We don't need another one of those. <clears throat> we don't need another one. So like, it, what – if they continue on what's happening in the show into this movie about what's – because it, it'll – I don't want to give away what obviously what just aired – because I, I did finish this season of Cobra Kai. I just finished mm-hmm. this last season. Now, there's things that happen that could warrant a standalone movie. Okay. By what happens at the end of the by what happens at the la, end of the last season. Now, what would be cool is if they merged. Now, if they merged, you know, they've we already have all this established in this show. They bring all the show people over, but if they want to bring Jaden Smith in as like a as like a cameo or just to be a part of the movie. They mm-hmm. could theoretically make that work, 
and make it and all be together. And I would be down. I would be down to watch that. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like they did the Karate Kid thing. There's another Karate Kid story within this universe that yeah. also exists. It doesn't have to be this separate thing, you know. But also not shitting on what five seasons of Cobra Kai. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, I just feel like we're already there, and we're just looking for another way to exploit this franchise. I, I just need more information on this, because this doesn't make any sense to me, of, of why we would pursue a movie when the series is doing exactly what fans like. Yeah. So And are the, I, and are the Cobra Kai creators connected to this project? Right, right. If this is totally separate and has no ties to anything... Then it's a reboot, and then it doesn't need to exist. Yeah, like, it's dumb. It, it's, like, it's dumb. Stop. It's, yeah. it's like, <laughs> is, is Jaden Smith going to be the Jackie Chan in the story, and he's going to be trading his skin? <laughs> like, you know, who the fuck wants to – nobody wants to see that shit. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, this Will is, Smith is Mr. Miyagi. Like, go oh, sit down. Go slap somebody else. Go oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh man slap on slap off no we don't need that <laughs> yeah we don't need that um i i just need I'm, I'm skeptical this doesn't make any sense to me i just need more information to actually maybe be on board with this movie but i on top of that i just need to start cobra kai it's another show that i fall way behind on and five seasons in now it's become a commitment if i need to start watching this <laughs> um, <laughs> at least it's not I, a lot of episodes though that's it was a 10 30 minute episodes yeah see they're right. not that long yeah so like i i can power through that but um but yeah so weird that a cobra kai movie is in the works but hopefully this makes sense a, soon well we don't know if i'm it's sorry I'm, I, I apologize a karate kid movie yeah uh we it, it's in the works and we'll see if it's actually actually worth watching or just dumb um but anyway uh sony pictures has also shifted release dates for several of their upcoming projects madam web will now be released on february 16th 2024 from its previous release date of october 6 2023 craven the hunter will now shift to october 6th 2023 from its previous release date of january 13th 2023 um, and lastly, the animated Garfield movie, voiced by Chris Pratt, will uh, hit theaters May 24th, 2024. So a lot of these projects are, you know, kind of a little bit away. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, I'm actually quite surprised that, you know, even Craven the Hunter and Madam Web, two movies that were supposed to be out next year, Adam Web just pushed back by six months, and they also pushed back Craven the Hunter, so... It's going to be a while before we see the the Spider-Man extended universe over at Sony come to form. But yeah. well, it gives them more time to figure it, figure out what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> that's that's fair because, you know, especially with the last two Venom movies and Morbius, it doesn't look like they got a plan going. No. Uh so hopefully maybe they're talking with Kevin Feige again. Maybe maybe he's uh you know helping them out a little bit. Who knows? Like, hey, can you give us some direction? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, why don't you start reading some fucking Spider Man comics? Here, that's a start. <laughs> direction? I don't know, there's like sixty years worth of comic books you can look through. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I just like especially with the ending of Morbius and what they did there, it's just None of this really makes any sense. I don't know if these movies are going to help with that, but 
anyway, it's going to be a while before we talk about these movies again, obviously. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving on. Speaking to new release dates, uh, Disney has announced the full lineup of their 2023-2024 movie release schedule with new dates and film delays. The Haunted Mansion shifted its uh, shifted from its pre- previous release date of March 10th, 2023, and will now hit theaters August 11th, 2023. A little bit sad about that. I was looking forward to that movie bringing in somewhat fairly soon, but now we have to wait literally a year from now. Um, in addition, Disney has officially added the live-action Snow White remake to the calendar for March 22nd, 2024 release, as well as Mufasa, The Lion King, a prequel to the uh, live-action Lion King movie. And that will be released uh, for a July 5th, 2024 release date, so a summer for the July release. Uh, Pixar's Elio will hit theaters March 1st, 2024, and Pixar's Inside Out 2 is scheduled to be released in theaters June 14th, 2024. Notably absent, however, from the lineup is Star Wars Rogue Squadron, directed by Patty Jenkins. Uh, Disney had removed the film from its upcoming release calendar and will no longer be releasing Christmas 2023. No release date was given for this film. This does not look good for that movie. No, that that's not a, that's not usually a good sign. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And so that means that the next Star Wars film is now unknown at the moment. And I wonder why. I wonder if Patty Jenkins needs more time on the movie, or maybe she's off doing other projects, other commitments first. I wonder if they just scrapped the project altogether. We don't know. Um, but this was supposed to be a next year Christmas release, and. When they first made these announcements of release dates, particularly with the Star Wars movie, they were supposed to alternate with Avatar. So one year we get Avatar, which so at the end of 2022 we get Avatar, and then in Christmas 2023 we get Star Wars, Christmas 2024 we get Avatar, and then Christmas 2025 and Star Wars and so on. So now that I'm not sure how much of that has shifted that, you know, we see they're doing very well with, on the, in, with Disney Plus series. So I wonder if they're going to start focusing on more on that and kind of putting the movies to bed for a while. Mm. Maybe they're trying to figure – like them, like kind of like Sony, they're trying to figure out their direction since mm-hmm. – I mean what – you know, what kind of success are – you know, what do they see as success? Like what – as far as their Star Wars shows, like – yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because Kenobi was good. Like the reception seemed good but not right. not incredible. Right, you know? right. Or who knows? Because they all they were also gonna wasn't Taika Waititi gonna do he was yeah. gonna do like a Knights of the Old Republic and then that got scrapped. Well, I I think Taika Waititi's new movie is still in the works. And I think that was supposed to fit in that 2025 slot. So I don't know if that's still happening. But he was attached to a Star Wars project. Kevin Feige was going to produce a Star Wars movie. So we don't know where that's at. And then also... Keep his ass in marble. Yeah, just keep just, keep him over there. Yeah, don't you like, have enough on get, your plate? Yeah, don't get too big for your own britches. You got a right. you got a you got a big universe that you got to figure out what you're doing that you don't you don't want to fuck up. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want Star Marvel to suffer because you wanted to do a Star War picture. All right, correct. Just like, yeah, just like leave it to other people, Kevin Feige. I feel like you got enough on your plate. Like they gave you Disney Plus shows on top of the movies you're already producing. Yeah, like, <laughs> you want? More? I think you're pretty. Bu- I think you're pretty busy. <laughs> you're pretty busy right now. <laughs> You release like ten Marvel things a year, okay? Yeah. You're, you, we're good. <laughs> Stay over there, sir. Stay please. Over there. <laughs> um, and then also on top of all that, we also have apparently a trilogy of Ryan Johnson movies 
that are also in the works. So there's a lot of Star Wars talk, but I don't not seeing a lot of Star Wars happening. Not, not nothing on the big screen anytime soon. But we do know that The Mandalorian Season 3 is coming out early 2023, and then Ahsoka is coming out um, uh, in, also in 2023 as well. So those are like the two shows that are happening. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be quite honest. Like I'm a little, bit, a little bit disappointed that Rogue Squadron feels like a different Star Wars story they can tell. But at the same time, I'm perfectly fine with Star Wars living on TV. Yeah, and, what a, and then the, I guess no mention of Andor. Well, the, the series, the Andor series, that that's yeah. coming out, like, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, shit. That's right. <laughs> that's right. I knew that. Uh, is it? Yeah. No, what? We're recording this on a Monday. So, Wednesday. It's September 21st. Uh, oh. it, it's a three-episode premiere. It was supposed to be released in at the end of August, but they pushed it back by three weeks. So, in a way, you're not really losing anything as far as time because... They pushed it back by three weeks, but they're also giving you the first three episodes right out of the gate. I'm actually I'm actually excited for this one only because well only because I think Rogue One is a really underrated Star Wars movie mm-hmm. and just I want to see more. I would love to see more leading into that. And I saw an article from the creator saying that one of his the tagline is he had the, he has no interest in create in giving fan service. Yes, like, I did read uh, that as well. <laughs> So to so, me, that's just like that's that that's already a recipe for success. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like he's he's not looking to appease the fans. I'm I'm here to tell a great story, and I'm all about great stories. So if you can do that, perfect. Um. So yeah, so that's all the Disney, you know, rescheduling their dates. They did release a full lineup, but those were like the major changes that weren't already announced uh, for the next two years of movies they're putting out. Um. And lastly, Warner Brothers is this is another weird story. In my opinion, anyway. Um, Warner Brothers is moving forward with a sequel to 2005's Constantine. Uh, Keanu Reeves is set to reprise his role as the magician-slash-demon hunter John Constantine uh, with director Francis Lawrence, uh, who previously directed Hunger Games 2, 3, and 4 in I Am Legend, also returning to direct the film. J.J. Abrams' production company Bad Robot will be producing the film with... Uh, Akiva, Akiva Goldsman, yeah. uh, the writer behind A Beautiful Mind, The Da Vinci Code, and I Am Legend, also producing and writing the screenplay. There's no word on the plot of the sequel or whether other actors like uh, Rachel Weisz, Shia LaBeouf, or Jaman Hansu. Uh, I'm so. Did, did I get it right? Hold on, we we're gonna take. A <laughs> oh man! Because I was watching you read that, I was like, "There's some there's some hard names on there." Matt, you fucking, All right. you fucking nailed that. This is a day. Just, everybody's just take a moment. All right. All right. All right. No, no back to the story. Um, we'll also return. <laughs> Finish that sentence. Um, this news comes at a cost, however. Uh, uh, Abrams already announced. I'll uh, restart that. This news comes at a cost as abrams already announced constantine and madam x series will no longer be moving forward at hbo max variety sources indicate however that both shows could find new homes elsewhere Uh, both shows were expected to tie into the justice league dark series on hbo max so it's unclear whether justice league dark itself has been given the x as well Mm. Uh, wow. So a lot, a lot kind of going on there because Justice League Dark sounds awesome, by the way. Yeah. 
Um, so it sucks that those two shows are not moving forward. But again, it's weird that Warner Brothers has all of these properties and Warner Brothers Discovery is like, well, your shows could still happen. We're just going to sell them off to other people to help finance it. And I was like, but you have great IPs that people would love to come to your streaming service for to yeah. watch it. So why – I mean the answer is clear. It's money. Like they can probably profit off of making it and somebody else pay for it and they reeking in the money that way instead of them making it themselves. A little weird, but they're still trying to recoup from debt. So Yeah, they're trying to they're like, We're not at we're not at a place where we can start producing that kind of content yet. <laughs> yes. So that's a little bit strange, but I, I, di- I didn't write this down, but this is like really, really early rumors. So none of this is what I'm about to say is like fact, and I read it very loosely from other articles, but I did hear a rumor. Get this, Ernesto. It's, uh-huh. like, it's kind of like a twofold, that NBC Universal is looking to it, – it's, it's, I mean, it's going to wrap around eventually. It's, 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 it's a little bit of a workaround, but okay. Univer- <laughs> NBC Universal or Comcast – who owns Universal, is looking to buy their shares back from, uh, for Hulu, from Disney, which they already <laughs> they already sold to Disney. And now I don't think that deal has been, uh, you know, 100% finalized. So they want to re- buy Hulu so they can either use that as a secondary platform for Peacock or just have a, you know, a boosting streaming service. But I think it's safe to say that that's not going to happen. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Disney's going to sell. Uh, like, it's my pot of gold. Stay over yes, there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like at some point, whenever all the you know T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, I think eventually the Hulu is going to be on Disney Plus and it's going to be one big streaming service at that point. But either way, the reason why I'm saying that is because within that same article, it said that if NBC Universal is unable to purchase Hulu back from Disney, there has been very very early talks that NBC Universal, a Comcast company, is going to be buying. Warner Brothers Discovery. What? Yes. And so, so let's let's you know play around with that for just a second. AT and T owned Warner Brothers. Discovery was its own thing. Discovery then bought Warner Brothers from AT and T. Now they're merging together to be called Warner Brothers Discovery as one big conglomerate. Now there's early talks that because. Warner Brothers Discovery is in debt and they want to recoup that. They are making their chances to be bought again more attractive if they keep selling all of their stuff and be a profitable business yet again. Yeah. And when you look nice, Universal's looking to spend money and it'll be very interesting if Universal then consumes Warner Brothers. That would be crazy. Can you that so then it would be Disney Plus versus like Peacock Plus. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, right now HBO Max is a, a higher quality uh, streaming service than within Peacock. So then I would just think that HBO Max would just be absorbing all of Peacock's content. Yeah. But in in the same way, that's it's sad because now all of your media is being consumed by two conglomerates. You have Disney. And Universal. It used to be Disney, Universal, Warner Brothers, Sony. And now it feels like it's now turning into the big two and Sony and then independent studios. Yep. And and that slowly working away to a monopoly. I mean obviously 
can't ever that won't happen <laughs> right but I, I i can't see i can't imagine universal buying warner brothers that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me like yeah, there's that's... always been the big three you know with sony is four actually what am i talking about sony and paramount paramount's up there too yep. um so like you know disney universal warner brothers paramount those are the big four and the fact that universal will buy warner brothers like that's that's a slew of content that is going to be gone. Like the creative minds around there, they're not Universal's not going to house two production companies. They're just going to dissolve into one. Yeah. And it's the same thing when Disney bought Fox. It's like we're just going to be seeing, you know, we're going to see different content spread out, but it's it, it's not like different minds creating other things for the lack of a better term or different studio. It's one person making the shots for uh, for Hulu content, for Disney content, for Pixar content, for Marvel content, for for Twenty Century Studios content, for Searchlight content, and then Universal will essentially be the same thing, but it's not separate. So the same person's making all the same money. Yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> it's very weird. And like I said, it's early, early talks and early rumors, and nothing's going to be set in stone until at least another two years, if this is even a, a possibility of happening. But I found that very weird, and I wanted to mention that before we moved on from the news segment. But that's just that would be odd. But if any other like concrete news comes out of that, I'll definitely we'll definitely be talking about it here on the show. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's all the news we have for you guys this week. Um, if you want more of news from us and the latest and greatest and uh, all the stuff related to movie and TV news. You can always find that on our social media channels on Instagram at box office underscore bingers and on Facebook at box office bingers. We post all of the news out there first so you guys can get it immediately. And then you can, we come back here on the show and we talk about it and have a lot of fun and maybe hear some thunder along the way. Who knows? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that is the news for this week. So now we're going to move over to a fun segment I like to call Once You're Watching. And so, Ernesto, let's hear this, this sick list you were talking. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll start since I kind of already talked about it a little bit. Is Succession. I'm not done yet. I'm about six episodes in because remember, Matt, this is a pay attention show. Pay attention show from HBO. So mm-hmm. each episode is like an hour long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, oh man, it's so good. So there's so like Jeremy Slater's character is like, like he's just so like delusional and narcissistic. So something he does something like really big in the show like he, he creates like this big this big drama that's like the big drama surrounding this current season so he has his posse and they're in the car and they're literally in the car and he's like trying to make himself feel better he's like all right everybody get on twitter with everything going on find me like both sides of the aisles i want to hear good tweets and bad tweets so first <laughs> it's like good and fun he's like oh you know he's he did a good thing he did this he did that and then it's like the bad shit is like He's a terrible person. He's he like, you know, like, you know how people get on the internet. They just yeah, start yeah, giving yeah. him the the most heinous shit, and he's just like, ha 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 ha, and then everybody gets just gets really quiet. <laughs> and then like throughout the show, like he was like he's on the news. He's like on a like on a gossip show. He's like, oh, she's on. She's gonna talk about me. Everybody listen in so they can laugh. Come on. Like he literally gathers everybody around a party to watch yeah. him get like shit on on national television. And it's like little things that he does like that or like how he treats people with like certain situations. I just think he's like he's very underrated this season. I, yeah. I'm, su- I'm surprised he didn't. I'm actually surprised he didn't win. But either way, it w- he's he's really good. The show's really good. I kind of already went into like yeah. what the show's about and everything. Like you should 100% check it out. Cobra Kai. 
Cobra Kai. I finished Cobra Kai this last season. Yeah. I thought it's good. If if it, that's exactly what you want, it's cheesy '80s and like '80s action. So like you have to know what you're getting yourself into when you go in to watch it. And mm-hmm. there's also like teenage kids, so there's like a little there's like a little bit of that CW like CW love drama sprinkled in throughout the show. Yeah, um, but it's still it's still really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, if they were to merge it, like kind of like I said before, if they were to merge it into a movie. Based off what happened this past season, I could totally see that happening. Hopefully, that's what happens, not some <laughs> standalone spinoff bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, we are, well, I guess as of we're recording this, we are one behind on the new uh, Game of Thrones show. House of Dragons. It's, it's episode four was so good. Really? It, it's so it's so good. This uh, I, I have high hopes just because I. Because they're not tied to the books and having to do a lot of certain specific things, um, I have high hopes for what this show can provide. So looking forward to see what that comes out with. I uh, heard they're I, doing a lot of time jumps with with this show. Is that is that correct? Uh, a little bit. There's a little okay. bit of that, but you just you know it's a pay attention show. You gotta just you gotta keep up. Like <laughs> well, a, lot, a lot of pay attention shows. It's like, yeah, it's like okay, it's like that person's not a baby anymore. God, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like last time I saw you, you were pregnant, and now that that now that baby's walking next to you, and that was like that was like an episode. That was like an episode ago. We jumped we've jumped years into the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> Got it. All right. You're a walking baby now. Move it on. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, I finished Umbrella Academy. Oh, so shit. Okay. It started slow. I didn't, you know, it just kind of dragged a little in the beginning, but it, it picked up in the end. It's fine. It's, it's... <laughs> I like I like this description. It was a little show. Uh, it picked up toward the end, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> it's like like a like wacky like out of the box superhero stuff like yeah it's it's i mean it's pretty ridiculous like the storyline is pretty ridiculous but you know it's a it's a comic book show what do you what yeah what what more could you expect from it so it's good that's actually one of the next shows i want to start because i uh, will talk about it with my what you're watching but uh i finished another show so now that since that is complete now i'm going to be moving on to the umbrella academy it's a show that i want to watch for a while i I mean i like the way it ended like i thought the ending was like the finale was like super exciting but that's typical for the show so like you get a little bit of build up and then you get like the last 30 minutes of the last season it's like this epic battle it's like figuring shit out like obviously everything unfolds it comes it all comes together at the end it was good and i i respect that they are gonna that they're giving it a final season like Mm -hmm. giving the show a chance to close itself out instead of leaving the 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 closing an open ending so even though the show may not be like 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 uh incredible like it may not be like the amazing incredible but it's yeah. still good enough that I think it warrants for the story to be closed out because I'm I mean I'm invested I've already invested oh three yeah seasons, three seasons know? right and but you make a good point is that I mean it, it's it feels like it's very common for the show to have a slow beginning and then it starts picking up around the middle and have like this big ending and I feel like season one and two are the same thing yeah. so I'm not really surprised to hear that season three has done the exact same thing we've you know we're come accustomed to the show and then yeah. i'm sure it leaves you with like a big cliffhanger at the end of the season to correct. make you want to get to the next season yeah correct it's, it's the same thing yep um uh we are completely caught up on she hulk oh nice very nice what, what do you uh, think 
I like it. I think it's fun. It it grew. Yeah. It has definitely grown on me. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't sure if I liked it in the beginning, um, but I I like it now. It is. It is on the edge for us to watch with the kids. Yeah, it really is. Um, like I said, especially some of the newer episodes. But I'm actually. It's weird. Out of all the things that come out of this show, the the thing that's like was really funny was Madison with the Y, but not where you think. Like yeah. that whole bit. It's it took me a minute to it took me a minute to figure <laughs> out what I was like, what the fuck I said. I was like, oh, I get it. But it went. But I liked it because it went way over their yeah, heads right. yeah. to the fact that I didn't even have to bring it up or like even they didn't even they didn't even get it. They just yeah. thought she they just thought she was being drunk and weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and she was. Don't and get me she wrong. was. But the weird relationship she had with Wong is the best. Hilarious. I don't know why. It's it's great. That's and like the fact this is almost like a a cameo of the week for this show. Yeah. Like who's going to be popping in and out of this and and I and I actually like the the court procedural that's kind of happening each I and every too. week as well. Yeah, I um, thought it was a cool episode. Like oh, like oh, having a de- like seeing her deal with superhumans in the universe in the universe like it yeah. has it does it has a good it does have a good premise and and it keeps the show very grounded where i feel like miss marvel did the same thing it was a very grounded show but i feel like she hulk is even more grounded than that because with miss marvel they're still dealing with some superhero elements um but with she hulk we're dealing with real world actually relatable evidence that we can relate to yeah. on top of superhero stuff but i have to tell you in this last week's episode we died laughing when she comes back and she saves the demons and she picks up the guy it takes from the bed i don't yeah. know that shit was fucking hilarious i don't know why <laughs> and i and i my son said that it was in the trailer but i didn't see but i didn't see the trailer so right, I got to right. I got to enjoy that moment without having seen it before, and I thought mm-hmm. it was I thought it was gold. Like she jumps out after saving him, and she gets on top of him, and he picks out the demon tooth out of her hair. Yeah, and then she just <laughs> she just scoops like, him up. Right. Like he's like a little baby, like, <laughs> carries him off. <laughs> uh, we're doing this. Um, and you said you saw the, the the newest episode, right? So the one with the costume and everything. Yes. So I yes okay. I saw I saw the the little the little sneak peek we got at we got at the end. Yeah, and I'm curious if we're gonna see that little if we're gonna see that payoff in the next episode or if we're gonna let that linger a little bit later down the line. I don't think that person's. I don't think we're gonna see that person at all. Oh no, he's coming. He's coming. That is so? No, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. Like he's gonna. Be, he, we saw it was it was already featured. He's gonna be in the show. Oh. Okay. So so we know we know that. I just we just don't know when he's coming. Oh, like mm. it, like this has like I think it's what nine episodes, and we just did episode four. four. So there's still five episodes back left for him to show up, but um, probably towards the end. Maybe toward the end, yeah. But I, I'm interested, obviously. But I, I think it's a fun watch. It's like 30 minutes, really quick. Yeah, um, it's funny. And week to week, yeah, it's funny. Uh, we re so we rewatched Pinocchio. I watched Pinocchio. I rewatched Pinocchio, and I watched Pinocchio with the kids for the first time. Okay. What um, did they? Uh, they liked it. They liked yeah. it. They thought it was good. It was a good movie. It was it was fine. It was fine on the second watch. But you know, I didn't catch the first time around this this weird sex joke that they say about Geppetto that that um. Jiminy says to Geppetto 
Jim, I'm sorry, that Jiminy says to the Blue Fairy in the beginning of the movie. What was the joke? She's like, why can't um, he make a real his own real boy? And he said, well, you know, he doesn't have oh, a lot to work with with yes. what he's got as his age. I was like, what the fuck? How the fuck yes. did you put that? Like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, I was like, wow, did I miss yeah. that the first time? <laughs> yeah, that's right. He did say that. He was like, yeah, I don't really because he even continue on and Jiminy said, yeah, I don't really see him get out much to meet. And I was like, damn, Jiminy. You Plus, working with the tools that he's got. Like, yes. I was like, I was like whoa. It's like. Whoa, Jiminy, pump the brakes. Uh, <laughs> you don't also, know him like that. <laughs> also, there was a great callback from the animated movie. We didn't really talk about it, but there was a – it was a – what was it? I think like a wooden puppet or a ceramic doll or something along those lines where it was a woman that has like a big dress on mm. and she – and you know, obviously holding an umbrella, but her – but her – you know, her butt was kind of protruding. And so when he was kind of leaning on it and so his hand was on – was on his – was on her butt and so – she he quickly turned off and he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, ma'am." And he keeps looking at her. And I was like, "All right, Geppetto. I'm sorry. All right, Jiminy, calm down." And it was the same thing that happened in the animated movie. And I said the exact same thing. I was like, "You know, Jiminy, this this person ain't real. Like, <laughs> calm, calm down, Jiminy." So thirsty, Jiminy. <laughs> so thirsty, yeah. yeah. So I think I think you know him saying that he's been a savage since 1940. All right. <laughs> Uh, you know, maybe that's fair. That's fair. Uh, but it, put, put, put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> uh, anyway, go on. But I, I think it was. I think it was. It was fine. I still think. I still hold true that I think the original is better. Mm-hmm. Um, the original Pinocchio is better. But it's sure. maybe because it's. I think it's a little bit more timeless. Like the oh, Chris yeah. Pine. You know what I actually like that my boy that the kids didn't get the Chris Pine joke. I wanted to see if they were to cringe at it. But yeah. the movie did a weird it did that thing where it pauses in case you're laughing yes. you know so nobody laughed and it was just kind of weird because it just <laughs> he just says the name and then the movie just stops yeah it's just out of place the same with the wooden clocks it just doesn't yeah. it doesn't well, the wooden need... clocks i was cool i think that was a cool that's like a typical disney like yeah call back here show what we have going on but it doesn't need to be there though it's like you're kind of just tooting That's your true. own horn when you're trying to recreate a classic. I don't know. I, 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 I don't sit very well with that. Um, but I can see I'm gl- that. I'm glad that your kids liked it. At the yeah, they least. liked it. Yeah. Well, they wanted to see what I liked it because they know that Pinocchio is my favorite movie. Oh, so they were all sense. they were that all watching sense. me. They were all like watching me and asking <laughs> questions. <laughs> a scene happens. What do you think about that one, Daddy? Is that one good? Yeah. All right. Is that all one, right. Did you like that? Was that did you like that? <laughs> Is that better than the original? <laughs> like every every five minutes. Yeah. Did you like that Jiminy wasn't in that scene? Did he, was it better than the original? <laughs> and my son, they they wanted they made sure that they watched the animated before. They're like, look, sure. when the the bar scene, he has beer, but he doesn't have a cigar. Does that bother you? <laughs> Like no, it doesn't matter. Just watch the fucking movie. Hey, they added a new song. I don't remember Geppetto singing. Does that bother you? The coachman, he has a new song. Does that bother you? Does it, does it bother you that he's writing those demon things? Like that's not in the original movie. I was like, it doesn't. It's okay. I was gonna say something about the ending, but I don't want to ruin it. You guys can yeah. listen to last week's episode on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, but anyway, again, but but we did, but. What we talked about about the ending, there was a similar debate 
at okay. the end of the movie. We had a we had a similar debate. I wanted to see it, and I waited. I wanted to see if they were going to bring it up, and they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, it's, it's it's one of the big noticeable differences from the animated movie and the live action version. Correct. Correct. Like the ending is the big one. If it, all the people complaining about, oh, it's the same movie, then you didn't watch the movie because the yeah, ending correct. is very much different. Very much um, different. Yes. Um, um, but other than that, I watched uh, the last thing to round out my list was uh, since we caught up on every on all our other shows, uh, we started Rings of Power. <laughs> was, oh, nice. Uh, I was nice. gonna wait and watch all the other stuff first, <laughs> but we ended up just started watching it. It is <laughs> really, it's really good. It's, it's a prequel anyway. Say, it is a yeah. It's 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 very good. It's very okay. good. But uh, you kind of just it's a pay attention show, Matt. You gotta yeah. pay attention. But it's visually stunning. Like it's be- very beautiful to look at. I'm sure it's visually stunning. It's just not. A, I don't. It's not a show I'm gonna. I'm gonna be interested in. I'm gonna be honest with you. I know yeah. a, a lot. Of, a lot of people say that it's a great show so far, and it really harkens back to like this fantasy adventure. I'm sure it is, but I. It's not for you. It's not for me. I, I could never really get into Lord of the Rings. I do want to try again, especially, you know, it's been many, many years since I've watched Lord of the Rings, but it's been a series and like, it took me a while to get into Game of Thrones and I really do like that. I'm more, I'm going to be quicker to watch Game of Thrones than I am, you know, Lord of the Rings. Um, but I, I feel like I'll get to that franchise eventually, but I'm not in any big rush to start because then I gotta watch the Hobbit movies, I gotta watch Lord of the Rings, and now the series. So, so I'm gonna be completely honest with you. When I was a kid, uh, when these movies came out, when these movies came out, my sister, my older sister, and her now husband, they took me to see all three movies. I fell asleep <laughs> every single one. I think I was just too young. I was just too young to try to understand. But I was here for it, and they were, you know, and back then, three hour movies were like. Whew, yeah. like, that's mm-hmm. like going to see the Titanic type shit. Like, <laughs> it's like strap in, son. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, but they're long. but now, I've read. I'm on, I'm on the third book. I'm okay. almost done with the third book. And then uh, my wife already told me because she loves Lord of the Rings. She goes, mm-hmm. oh, I love. She goes, I loved all of them. But she's really, she's really hardcore more in fantasy. So what's what's good is that she really loves it. This is something that she really, really wants to watch, and yeah. she's really deep into the Lord of the Rings lore. So when I have questions, she's like, oh, that's this person. And I was like, oh. And then I'll Google search. So I was like, oh, this person is this character. Because yeah. there's there's just too many characters yes. for me to keep up with. And I wanna make I don't wanna get lost in in character development. So I'm just I'm just doing the research as I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like that's been a big thing about me. I mean, that's it's 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 kind of a convoluted thing to say. It's like, oh, there's too many characters. Like, well, what about these fucking Marvel movies, Matt? Like, yes, that's fair. There's also a lot of characters there too. Um but like but it's, it's different. Just, it's yeah, it's it's just my 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 cup of tea. Like I I re- I can enjoy a superhero movie more than I would a fantasy show. And that was one of the big you know deterrents for me to start Game of Thrones is that there were too many characters. But once you got past that, and, and then obviously it helped when people started dying. Then I was able to <laughs> I was able to keep Jesus up. A lot. <laughs> so dark. <laughs> people died in Game of Thrones all the time. <laughs> and then literally every time one died, I'm like, well, I'm gonna be worried about Thirst anymore. A little X mark there, and uh, now I can readjust the chart now. <laughs> Where's everybody wow. at? <laughs> Definitely toward the later seasons, it was much easier to keep up with that show. Very true. Um, it's like, there's like no one left. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, obviously it looks, it sounds like very soon you're going to be diving into some Lord of the Rings content. So oh, I feel yeah. like, 
I feel she's like ready. Gotta, Once I told yeah. her, she was like, oh. She goes, I'm, you just let me know. <laughs> you let me know what night, and we'll just start it. We'll just start one movie after another. <laughs> and this is – are you watching The Hobbit and then Lord of the Rings or, or just the whole all, – all six movies? Oh, we're going to watch all of them. We're going to okay, watch okay. The three Hobbit movies. It's three, right? Yeah, three Hobbits, three Lord of the Rings. And, and we're going to watch I, the extended version of Lord of the Rings. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all right. It sounds like a fun time. Let me know when you let me know when you watch those, because maybe just just passively I might might also join in on that. We could just make it like a what? series. <laughs> yeah, just just on the side, just on the side, <laughs> just on the side, <laughs> just on the side. I mean, like, just let me know when you start it and be like, oh, I could. Oh, how much is it? Four hours? Oh, oh and, and three sittings maybe. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a mini series. I can just think about it. I can just think about it as four episodes. The same like uh, Justice League. That was a four-hour movie. I I sat through in one sitting. That's there's a difference there, but uh, I will uh, I will attempt to go back into the land of of Mordor, Um, Middle Earth. But yes, god damn it. (laughs) What is what is Mordor? Is that 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 Thor? That's a place in Middle Earth. All right. Well, I was close enough. All right. You were. I, I, you know what? I'll give you credit for it. Thank I you. To, Thank I just you. wanted to give you shit. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is that all you got? That is all I have, sir. What you got? All right. Um, so my list is not as extensive as yours. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, no I feel really great about my list now. Thank no, no, no. You. <laughs> you should be proud of your list. Um, but I watched uh, two movies and a series. We'll start with the movies. Um, I saw the new Michael Bay uh, movie Ambulance with uh, mm-hmm. Yaha Mateen the second and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. And it was bad. That's <laughs> what I figured. It looks bad. It looks not bad. good. It was so. Imagine you. Know, did, I don't think did you never watch Six Underground, right? The Michael Bay movie with on Netflix. I saw the first fifteen minutes and I said I'm good. <laughs> okay, imagine imagine that, but not as crazy. But mm. the first 15 minutes, it's just like there is not a still shot in that movie. And it just feels like they got a camera and they just shook it a little bit all the time. And then <laughs> and then Michael Bay discovered what a drone was. And he was like, I want to have fun with drones. And he just had these sweeping, unnecessary shots. And the what's frustrating is that the plot of the movie is so simple. Jake Gyllenhaal robs a bank. Then he's being chased because he robbed a bank. And then the whole movie is him in an ambulance that he stole running from the cops. And then they're slowly finding out who this guy is, and we get more around the story. Mm. Very simple. But then it gets you know very complicated very quickly when we're like, well, I need help from the cartel. And I was like, what? What do you mean the cartel? You're in a van right now. You're in a vehicle, let alone the cartel. And then he gets on the phone with them, and then there's this whole thing happening. And then these other backstories, I'm like, I don't even give a fuck about you, but here we are. And (laughs) (laughs) and it just – the whole movie just felt like it just never lifted its foot off the gas Mm. in a bad way. It just like – it just never gave itself time to breathe. And it was just very frustrating to watch. Halfway through it, for some reason, I was committed to continue it. But at, at that time, I was like, I don't care anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm checked out. I'm, you guys can all die for all I care. E- even even the decent characters can go die. It's just like I I don't care anymore. I really don't. And it's and it's sad that you know. And it's weird because you know, it was given solid reviews 
and now that's the only reason why I wanted to watch it because like typically Michael Bay movies, particularly most of the Transformers movies, were just given like rotten ratings. But then, you know, Rotten Tomatoes that was sitting like at a sixty-eight. I'm like, that's a fresh for Michael Bay. It must. Yeah. If the critics were saying that it was at least decent, I want to give it a shot because Michael Bay in the past has done some great work as well. So I was like, I, w- I want to g- at least give it a chance. And uh, I was disappointed that it was not even close to that. <laughs> Well, like, even, I mean, sometimes he does good, like, technically, like, you know, mass yes. explosions or, like, I guess with the drone, were any of the drone shots good or were they just kind of, like, nauseating? It was nauseating because it, it just didn't make any sense with the story. It just felt like for the sake of doing it. But it That's really, what he really... said. I saw I saw an interview, I think I, it was, like, before, one of those before the theater things, and he was promoting Ambulance, and he just said, I just, it's the first time we've ever to do action sequences with drones on the highway, and I guess that was like a big that was like a big technique that was supposed to be like the big technical achievement from this movie is the is the drone action shots. Sure, I guess, but it was very unnecessary. Nah, okay. <laughs> um, and also, there are some action scenes that like has Michael Bay written all over it. Like, you know, they were chasing down the street and like uh, one of the cop cars were chasing the, the ambulance. And all of a sudden, like the the ambulance would have swerved right before you know before it's got to hit something and then the police car just boom rams into it car flips all over the place smashes to the ground bam explosion it's like (laughs) he he hit like a tiny rock man all right it wasn't that extreme right now uh, Pro- but, I mean, probably when he was a kid he liked to just blow shit up like, <laughs> he's like, i'm just gonna tie this rock to this character i'm just gonna tie this little firecracker to this character we're just gonna see what happens <laughs> <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong it, it's 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 those type of movies are definitely thrilling to watch to some degree but i'm looking for a little bit more than that yeah. when it comes to the story like the story got to hook me a little bit and when you lose that and then you just throw an explosion, it just doesn't work. It, it does, that doesn't work. Hire good writers, Michael Bay. Come on. That's it. Yeah. You know, we understand you are. You know you got money. You got money and you, and you like blowing shit up. We get it. We get it. But like calm it down, all right? Just yeah. calm it down a little bit. Um, the other movie I watched was actually um, Vengeance on Peacock, uh, the new BJ Novak movie. And, and uh, it was good. I was actually surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Um, it's, uh, the, the bio reads, it's a, a writer from New York city attempts to solve a murder of a girl he hooked up with and the travels down south, and he travels down south to investigate the circumstances of her death and discover what happened to her. Um, it's funny because this, this, this BJ Novak who stars and wrote this movie and, and, and directed this movie, he's playing basically like your typical asshole and like he gets a call from the brother of a per of a person that he slept with once and i guess that he blew off this girl it was kind of like a one night stand and but to the girl i guess it was somewhat memorable or something along those lines that um she i guess talked highly about him to the family and so when she passed away the brother reached out to him because they, apparently they were having you know they talked they heard so much about him that they want him to come to the funeral. And he's like, what? I slept with her once, but he went over there anyway. And then the brother wanted to f- find the the person who he believed murdered his sister. And then to exploit that, he decided to go with his producer, who was Issa Rae, and start a podcast about trying to solve this murder, um, supposedly murder, um, because there's no evidence of that, that she was murdered, but he's kind of going along with it. So it's kind of like, 
exploiting a bad situation and also very a lot of social issues that are happening mm. in there, a lot of social commentary in this movie. And there was a twist that I did not see coming at the end. So I was pleasantly surprised of how this movie turned out and how funny it was too. Mm. Like there, there's this one line that, that had me rolling and, um, and he goes, Oh, that's El Stupido. And he's like, you call him El Stupido. And he was like, and he's like, yeah, it's okay. He don't speak Spanish. And I was <laughs> like, <laughs> but so like to, to, to the, to all of us is like, no, it's a problem that you're calling him stupid. It's like, don't worry about it. He don't speak Spanish. He's fine. Yeah, he's he's fine, fine with the name. He's fine he's with an it. idiot. <laughs> and, and the way that, and also, like, there was some areas where they – because it was, like, a small town in Texas. And so, like, there was one point where they were, they were talking shit about it, like, talking about shit. But there's nothing to do here. This place is garbage. And he's like, yeah, I can see that. And they're like, don't you fucking talk about our town like that? And it was very quick. And it, I've seen a lot of people who really represent that, like, a small town. It's like, they can talk shit, but you can't type of deal. Yeah. Like, they love where they live, but they also hate it. But they can complain about it, but you can't because you don't live here. Type mm. type of attitude. So like, uh, there's a uh, there's a few people that I that I you know that I know that are very much like that. So I thought a lot of it was very relatable. And again, there was a really solid story there um, that I was able to get behind. So I, oh, I think cool. you would like the movie. Yeah, oh, it, it's good. I remember I, I'm good. I remember I, I mentioned it to you like something just to keep a, an eye out for. Just because I I mean B J Novak gave us The Office. The so. Office, yeah. <laughs> And it's a, it's a comedy and it's a mystery and it's a little bit of a, a drama piece as well. It works really well for what it's trying to do. Um, okay. So I definitely highly recommend giving that one a watch. Um, it's on Peacock right now. It just hit Peacock. Um, and the last thing that I watched that took up most of my time is I started and finished The Sandman. Oh, okay. And? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The first episode? Like <laughs> well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. The first episode, I liked, but it wasn't hooked. Okay. Episode two, three, and four, I was like, I don't see why people like this show. I was like, not about it. It kind of slowed down from there, from the pilot, and I was kind of passively watching it. And, and again, leaning into the fantasy, I didn't care about like the going to hell and the demons, him or, you know, grabbing all of his things that he needed throughout those episodes. It wasn't until, and I know you said you want to talk about this, the diner scene. The diner episode, when I really got like, wait a minute, what show is this? And then it, it followed up with probably one of the best episodes of the series was when he was talking with his sister, uh, Death. And yes. that and that episode and like the episode was kind of split into two parts. The one when he's following his sister around and then the second part where he was meeting this guy every hundred years at a bar. That's what and, I was talking about. That was so oh, you were talking good. about that one. Yeah, that's okay. the one I was talking about. It's that guy he met every hundred years. Yeah. OK, OK. That one. Spoiler alert for Sandman. Um, but I was really enthralled by that episode. And then I, for me, I was like, all right, now this this is storytelling. This is great storytelling that I wouldn't have minded if the whole show was like these mini movies, basically, that are kind of isolated from each other, but are also similar in the dream like like state and like what does it mean to dream or have nightmares or, you know, like a lot of humanity issues that were being discussed and played around with this show and what does it mean to have these thoughts or to dream or to do the right thing all this stuff and like it played that those episode five and six really elevated that into making this show something that 
I was really looking forward to watch, you know, coming to last episodes. Yeah. Now, what did you think about the... Because then we get a finale, but then you get, like, this little bonus episode at the end. Yeah, I think the bonus episode was kind of pretty much what I was saying. It's, like, the the episode didn't really connect with anything that happened within the show. But I yeah. actually think that that's where the show works best. It's when it's not trying to have a larger story. Um, and I was actually fine with the... Um, with the Rose Vortex storyline that mm-hmm. kind of picked up at like r- literally right after the episode six. I think it like mm-hmm. it helped us finish out the series episode seven, eight, nine, and 10. Correct. Um, and that was like the through line as well as dealing with, um, what was the other guy's name? The guy with the glasses. Um, I forgot the name. The Corinthian. The Corinthian. Yes. And I thought it was very interesting that they had like the serial killer convention. That was very intriguing yeah. as well. Um, and he was like the guest of honor of that, but th- I feel like those stories I was able to get behind because it didn't really rely on the fantasy angle. I feel like it was really heavy fantasy in the beginning. And then somehow they dropped it all of a sudden and, and, I, and they really focused on being more human stories than they were being like fantasy stories. Yeah. And, and I think that's when I was able to get hooked onto the show. Um, so, but I can also see, like, if the show ends here, I'm okay with it. Like, I know that they were struggling to get a season two and we're still unaware whether or not they're getting that season two, but I'm okay if it ends here. Like, it didn't really have much of an ending per se, and they did tease for some storylines to continue in season two, but I was actually quite satisfied of where we left off. And I know there are up in the air right now for that second season. So I'll be happy if they get it, but I'm also fine if, the, if it kind of doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, I would like, I would really like to see a season two, I think, but I mean, you didn't care about the whole, you didn't care about the whole death thing. I think maybe that's why, because that's, that's obvious where the season two is going to be. The, what, what, what death thing? The... I'm sorry with, yeah, with death, like, Oh, you mean desire, to... desire. No, I'm talking about death, like, you know, getting the army together. Remember she, or death was like visited by uh, whatever those things were that ripped through a hole through the side of, of the of her universe. Oh no, that was Lucifer. That that Lucifer. That oh, correct. Yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah. Again, you, to your point, I think because it leaned in more to the fantasy angle of it. I didn't really care as much. Yeah. Um, but I did like the human story. So that's that's to me that's what was carrying the move the series. Like me. that. Like the. Like, the animated one, I didn't really care for. Like, I thought it was okay. Yeah, um, it was weird. But I, the one they, they gave on the back half with the writer, mm-hmm. that, I thought that was a yeah. really good story. Yeah, same. And I, that's why I feel like this this show can really live on by telling these separate stories that are loosely connected, but not really. And they really just stand alone as their separate things. Mm. And and it just tied into the dream world. And so we get mm. little hints of fantasy and, and dream like kind of around, like he was in that episode. But yeah. the focus wasn't him, per se. Um, and the like, and also like that death episode when she's walking around and she's visiting people, like that oh. that can easily bring a tear to your eye. Like it was just like thought so beautifully and explained that death can be a beautiful thing and not a a very like a, a sad thing because it's part of life. Correct. And and it's like it's inevitable. And so it's just, it's just, it was like sad and also heartwarming at the same time to see that. It's almost like 
if you were have any issues with like or being worried that you were going to die this episode kind of made you feel a little bit at ease about the possibility of death no one wants to die but you know it's it's gonna happen and this show i think did a really good job kind of like easing it down a little bit of like some of the thoughts that you might have in your head about it true um very true and then, and then again, it, then it continued on with the guy he was visiting every hundred years, and that was a great story too. I thought I love that. I love yeah. their dynamic. I thought the actor who they to play against it. I just thought they played so well off of each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it worked. It worked really well for the for the series. It did, and like the the actor who plays Sandman was also great. He mm-hmm. had this very like, what's his name? Uh, Tom Strugidge. Um. He was great. He had this very like, very monotone voice about everything, yeah. and like you can tell when he was like he it, like when he was mad and or happy, he only elevated that emotion just a little bit, but not too much that was out of character, which I kind of liked him but it was for enough. doing that as well. But it was right. It was enough. It's like you got whether he was happy or sad or or angry just based off that one tone. And so the fact that he was able to keep that tone and then able to invoke that emotion, that that worked really well for it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I I I enjoyed I enjoyed the back half of Sandman. So, I'm I'm happy that I watched it. So, yeah. I I'm curious now now probably my next thing I'm going to watch is The Umbrella Academy how in succession. In succession, yes. <laughs> Um, because I feel like the Sandman and Umbrella Academy, they're not similar, but like, it's the same, like on the same level. Yeah, kind of. And so like going into another show that's very similar to that. Um, I, I'm just, I, I'll be like loosely comparing it in a way because yeah. like Sandman's definitely one tone and now Umbrella Academy is going to be, I feel like a little more faster paced and wackier than, than, than Sandman was. But yeah, yeah I was, I was happy with it. Uh, and that's all I've been watching. That's all I've got for this week. Uh, so now we're going to dive into our spoiler review of Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, a, his biopic kind of going over the key points of his life. Ernesto, your thoughts on the film? All right. So, I mean, we get the movie from Tom Hanks' character, who the, the colonel. We get it from his, mm-hmm. from his point of view, um, which I think is an important distinction, especially now knowing that we're getting this other film that's coming out which is uh, Priscilla and Me, I think is what it's called. Um, you know, you the other Elvis film biopic no. is kind of coming out. Priscilla and... It's based me. off the book. Okay. I didn't know about this this movie. Let's see. And this is, is the book, I'm assuming, through his wife's perspective? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Priscilla and Me... Is this... Elvis and me. I could. I thought it's. Oh it, yeah, Sofia Coppola's new film Priscilla will be based on. Sofia Coppola is going to direct it. Will be based on Priscilla Presley's memoir Elvis. Elvis and me. Excuse me. Another Elvis is set to appear on the silver screen, but it's time it's not his movie. Priscilla will be the next feature film from the Oscar-winning Sofia Coppola. The film will be based on the adapted 1985 memoir, international bestseller, Elvis and Elvis and Me, by Priscilla. Can't pronounce her middle name, Presley. <laughs> Bolio. Bo- Bo- I don't want to fuck up her middle name. Uh, not, that's it, it's very early in talks, but I'm just knowing that I'm glad that 
like that I'm not gonna watch this and knowing that I'm gonna have to watch watch another like direct adaptation of Elvis. Um, right. You know, you get Tom Hanks in the beginning, kind of voicing over his first interaction with Elvis. You kind of he he kind of narrates the whole the whole movie. Yeah, he like does. This old dying man in the casino in his mind, I guess. Right, like we get yeah. like a little clips of him in this weird casino scene <laughs> throughout yeah. the movie. Like I'm, I'm not gonna lie, the beginning of the movie quickly turned me off of the movie because, right. like, it, it was doing a lot very early on, very quickly. And, I mean, that's Baz Luhrmann for you. He's very artistic, stylistic, and he was putting all of that right in the front of the movie. And I was like, oh man, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm gonna like this. Um, because it was like Tom Hanks narrating, it was coming from like a dark spot in the movie already. Like we started off dark and yeah, I was started like, at the end. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not a fan of how this movie is starting. And it was like very all over the place. Um, didn't care for it too much, but luckily we didn't do that a lot in the movie. No, that we got, it was like just that in the beginning, but I will have to say, I really enjoyed the first half of the movie than I did like the la like the maybe I guess primarily like most of the third act. Like mm. I guess learning his history, going through everything that happened, you know, I'm a sucker for seeing live footage within even mm-hmm. that they matched it. Like you get some clips as Elvis, some kisses at Aston Butler. Um what I really liked music wise was like this this like weird remix they did with doja cat in the beginning yes. mm-hmm. like of you ain't nothing but a hound dog i thought that song like i'd like to see that song nominated next year i'd mm. like to see it up maybe up for something at the oscars because i thought i don't know i just thought it was really original i thought it was a a nice new age take on a on a really or on a really old song uh i thought it paired well with what was happening in the movie right um <clears throat> he did that baz Luhrmann did a lot did that a lot in the movie like yeah. he had today's artists singing old Elvis Presley songs, but yeah. and then even on top of that, he I was able because I got I kind of got hooked with the end credits and I, I let the movie play out. Same. But he had multiple artists like featured in the end credit scene, like Eminem and others that I don't know. But anything that was either a uh, like kind of like a remix of Elvis's Presley's music or mentioning Elvis in their songs and he kind of just kind of went through that of how and the way that i took is like even today artists singing today are still influenced by his music that was you know over 50 years ago so i I thought that was really cool yeah i mean we i thought it was cool i didn't know about the the satellite concert first ever that he Mm. was he held the first ever satellite concert of reaching over 1.5 billion people i mean he never toured internationally but that's pretty fucking crazy yeah (laughs) that's pretty nuts uh i mean all this have to say the the top of this movie has to be aston butler's performance yes like hands down without a doubt he stole the show like like at every time he was on scene in screen i forgot that i was watching an actor portray Mm -hmm. elvis like i felt like i was watching like I felt like I was watching him. Like he, like when he, in when he's in his role, like you just forget that he's you forget that he's acting. Yeah. 
It's, he's so good. So good. My one gripe is that it's just it just dragged the movie just dragged a little bit. It was a little it was long. I felt like the for the story that they were trying to tell, it could have been condensed. You could probably knock off maybe at least thirty minutes. You could have knocked off a good thirty minutes from this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Like the movie let's get the official runtime here. The movie two forty, something like that. I think it was lo- I think it was longer than two thirty nine. Two thirty nine, yeah. So definitely a, a hefty movie. Even when I started it, I was like, "Ooh, all right, that's a long one. Like, we're gonna strap in." I understand that you wanted to get a lot in there because you're showcasing someone's life, and you know it's hard to do that in a 30-minute movie. But Correct. in some in some areas where, again, we go back to the stylistic choices that he made, were a little bit unnecessary, and that could have been taken out of the movie um, to kind of shave off some of that runtime. But it wasn't. It was a little bit distracting when it happened, but not like that big of a deal. I know I understand that that's the director's style. He did, he did the same thing with the Great Gatsby, so it's not like it's it's shocking to see that. But um, for the most part, though, I think he did a really good job kind of portraying Elvis in a way that I've never seen it before. Um, I knew very little about Elvis to be to be same. honest. I mean, I know his music. I'm not like a huge, huge fan of Elvis, but I'm familiar with his top hits. And so obviously they played that in the movie. And I think they did a really good job kind of showcasing some of the things that he was feeling, especially in the beginning with, with like what they called his wiggle, um, yeah. his, his like, pelvic thrust, his pelvis thrust, the, what was it? They called it the animalistic behavior, voodoo devil music, Elvis, the pelvis, uh, they referenced a lot in the movie and I did not know that part of his life was like, I didn't realize how big he was and why people went crazy for it. And I think this movie kind of opened my eyes to the legend, the king of rock and roll yeah. that he was. How, in, how influential, how influential he was to, to the music industry. Right. And I like how, like in the beginning of the movie, it showcased that he got his roots from gospel. Yes. More or less. And like the blues and like the music that that basically black people were inventing and kind of known for back in that time. And he was kind of putting his own spin on it. Um, but just it was a phenomenon because he was white. Yeah. And unfortunately, no black artist in that time was ever to get the recognition he was. So and not, it wasn't necessarily he was copying anyone's music. I think he was just doing a similar style that he was inspired by. Um, and then that just took off and I think the movie did a really good job, (laughs) especially when he was first like moving the hips, like just like (laughs) girls were just popping out of nowhere, like popcorn in a microwave. They were just like, ah, ah, like this is crazy. (laughs) Like just like, it was almost like a a transformative experience that he was having on these women, uh, in particular, as much as the same as people kind of get, uh, swept away when you're at church. And I think that was a good parallel that they had at the very beginning of the movie and something that I was able to connect with and understand what they were feeling is very similar to what people feel when they are like within with, with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of move on from there. I did not realize that, you know, because of his actions, they took him away uh, to basically go to the army uh, for two years to kind of let the heat die down because he was kind of doing what he wanted to do. He wasn't listening to anybody or kind of going by their rules. He's like, I'm Elvis. And I'm going to do what I want. And especially at the, you know, and then Austin Butler did a great job of kind of building that moment up too, uh, when he, when he first defied the law and he, he's, and it's funny cause they're like, don't do as much as wiggle a finger. 
and before he went crazy, he like wiggled his finger. <laughs> yeah. Like, he kind of waved to the person who told him not to do it, and then he just went off mm. in that in that concert. Um, and then I think it's crazy that after he did his time in Germany, um, he went straight into Hollywood. And I think the big thing is I never realized how much of a break he took from performing in concerts. Like, it felt like it was a long time that he was doing Hollywood movies. Like, he was still singing in them, but it was a very tamed. Was it the same? It wasn't right, himself. It was... And, and I, lo- I think creatively they did a good way of showing of how lost he was in himself mm. during that time period. Like, it was like like this weird like music over it. I just got the water splashing on his face. And yeah. The, the camera's going upside down. Like he's just going through the motions. Like he's not he's not doing what he loves. He's just no. doing it for the paycheck. But it yeah. but you see how he got there. He's paying for all these people to be around him. Like he's mm-hmm. paying for the lap for the lavish lifestyle. So he has to yeah. keep up. And this guy is also milking him for everything he had left. He had absolutely. And I I want to talk about you know Tom Hanks as the Colonel. And like I, I know that it's kind of like under the pretenses that we know now, we realize that he was basically milking him for all he's worth, and making sure that he was in the the colonel was in the best interest at all time for him to benefit the most. But at the same time, especially earlier in his career, before I feel like he got greedy, and even toward somewhere toward the end of it, do you feel like that he was making? The like the worst decisions for for Elvis at the time because he yes. was enormously popular, and we see where he was happy and wasn't happy. I, I understand that, but like he still had a wildly successful career. So I just don't know if like necessarily the Colonel made all of the bad decisions. Where where, where are your thoughts on him? Oh, I think I I am a hundred percent that he hindered him to. Elvis could have been bigger than he already than he already was because mm-hmm. he could because he think of how big he is and he didn't go international. Right, that, right. That's how big he is just from staying in the states. If he had traveled, been able if this guy wasn't who he was and he was able mm-hmm. to travel and do all and do international tours, he could have been bigger than Michael Jackson. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he could have been like international pop star fame michael jackson big this i mean elvis is obviously big in his own right but it could have been it could have been to in like an astronomical level way bigger than what he could have been he definitely he he held him back from from reaching the heights that he deserved to be at and i'm not saying that i 100 percent agree with you on that obviously they, they did a really good job showcasing in the movie that they he was holding them back in many occasions, yeah. but I I just I I just don't know if like honestly I didn't really feel the the weight of what he was actually doing until he was at that Vegas like until like he visited at the hospital and was like hey I think we should part ways and I was like well why don't you perform at this hotel for uh, for for just for just six weeks and then they're willing to pay for it and then you have a fully financed international tour like he definitely tricked him. Yeah. into into doing that i can see that and then he also got greedy again and signed that like five-year deal one million dollars each and honestly who knew who knows how much money elvis even got of that out of that one million but you know he would have been able but 
it would have been nice if he had been able to get out of that if his dad didn't also fuck him over as his business manager. That's very true. Yes, I mean, pay your it, fucking it, bills, dad. What the what the fuck am I paying you for? Like, yeah, you're I supposed mean, to be my dad. <laughs> the 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 movie time and time again showed Jesse he was not a good manager, and basically. Uh, the colonel was just using him as like a like a safety net almost or like I know this guy does not know what he's doing, but it's Elvis's dad and, uh, you know, he's going to trust him at the very least. And so he he found a way to not only exploit Elvis, but his family as well. And that um, if he tried to leave him, he did exactly what he tried to do. And he right. had no choice. He had no choice but to go back. No. And like, you know, unfortunately, the colonel was like, you know, well, this is what you owe me. If I'm leaving, and I'm sure there was a bunch of bullshit charges that didn't really mean anything in of that. Of course, like, but he, they don't know he's any. Charge him the gas. I mean, from the stuff he was called, he's talking about gas from the first trip. So he yeah. has an itemized. And he had a little book, so he has an itemized receipt of every little thing that he put out for him, and I'm sure that those numbers were way inflated. Oh my god, yeah. Like I think way overly exaggerated. Like none of that was, you know. None of that made any sense of why he was charging him that much. Obviously, there was a flaw in his contract, and he and the colonel knew he had a huge hold over of of, of Elvis, yeah. um, and that's the sad truth of it all. And you can tell that toward when he was kind of a wash, rinse, repeat, and even they said it in the um, in the in the, you know the radio clips that they were kind of featuring how like Elvis has just been going around touring the same states going back to Vegas, doing those shows, um, that time of his life, you can tell, was a dark, dark time for Elvis. And he he didn't know what to do, and he kind of went to pills. And, like, he was really depressed, and I don't know if he could have... I, I mean, there was a way that he could have left, but obviously he was strongholded of just being like a monkey and just performing for for the colonel to feed his gambling and alcoholism. I mean he didn't he didn't have a choice. I mean he's got a he's got mouths he's got to feed. Yeah. He doesn't want to, you know, he could try to leave him but he would have been broke. And and that's the sad part too. And 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 they did a really good job, you know, showcasing that he you know he had to do this for his family even though his family, at least his wife, ended up divorcing him um, you know, through the neglect that he was. But at that time it almost felt like he was doing it like even even there was a voiceover that the colonel said that was like the Priscilla knew that the one thing that he couldn't win over or she couldn't win over was you, meaning the crowd, yeah, um, the, his fans. But he was a different person when he was up there, and I think again, Priscilla seeing him perform on stage in Vegas for the first time, I think was a huge scene for not only the relationship that or foreshadowing, you know, his relationship with his wife. Um, and his marriage, but also like how much he missed performing on stage after yeah. many, many years doing Hollywood movies. And, and that was going into the dirt, like him performing live again. You felt that, that he really missed it. And those musical numbers that they put on the movie were fucking incredible. Like yeah. all of them were so fucking good. Like the one on the stage, the USO open show, the mm -hmm. even the one, the recorded one for the special that they were doing, um, for the song he did after Robert Kennedy was killed. Like I yeah. thought that was a really great scene. I thought that was beautifully shot. How they showed that to us, like all of them, all those, all the Vegas ones, the last one they showed where he's playing the, where he's sitting at the piano, and he's playing the piano. I thought that was beautiful. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. I mean that one of the highlights of the film. Austin Butler's performance in the musical numbers.
Yeah, I think that I think I really like the the taping of the Christmas special and how he was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm yeah. not. I like, and then and almost like it's almost like the Colonel kind of compromised with him in a way. It's like fine. The rest of the 55 minutes, I don't care what you do, but God damn it, you're singing a Christmas song in there, yeah. and we don't we don't know if he ever did. They didn't really showcase that he they sang didn't. a Christmas. And he has a Christmas album, like we you can listen to it, but within the context of that special, I don't know if he ever actually performed a Christmas song. So I'll be interested to see if he actually did or not. Um, yeah. But like you said, like him basically writing a new song um, in honor of the of the death of, of Mr. Kennedy, uh, it kind of brought him back on the map, and that was a powerful scene. And almost like Tom Hanks realized, or the Colonel realized that he was kind of wrong, but but he still took credit for it because he was like, "Well, I wanted you to do the special." Yeah, well, you didn't you didn't make him, but he he didn't he didn't listen to you, anything that you wanted to do. So exactly. Um, but yeah, what do you think about Tom Hanks being the villain? I know he's America's dad at this point, so he's always playing like nice and happy and very inviting roles that he has always the hero what do you think of him as the villain in this movie i think it worked i think he did a good job i i mean tom hanks is a powerhouse in his own right but i mean he was like secondhand to aston butler like it's almost like (laughs) but it's almost like he stepped back so that he could aston butler could shine like he understood it seems like but that was understood in his role like he seemed very comfortable in the fact of being like the movie is about him, but he's the one guiding you through the story. But I, right. I'm, I'm fine. I was, I was totally, I was fine with him being the, the villain because it was all, it was, I mean, because we never saw him being malicious, right? Outright, it was just more implied of what he was doing. Yes, and I think they just show again, like he. He never not did something, at least toward, at least in the beginning, that wasn't in somewhat of Elvis's best interest. Later on, it was definitely more evident and clear that it absolutely was, and he was being very selfish with his decision. But I feel like in the beginning, to some degree, I'm sure the first priority for, for the colonel was to make money, but also he did help a rising star become amazing and he was able to allow elvis to do what he wanted to do on stage and elvis read through most for the most part read through his bullshit and did whatever he wanted to do anyway um to some degree and he did want to be in hollywood i guess and so he was in a few movies that you know were successful until they weren't anymore um and then he went back into music but obviously toward the very end that took a huge toll and you know at the age of 42 that was so young so young that, that that he died of a heart attack that's just that's just crazy. And then I'm assuming that the colonel died shortly after that. I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Cause they, I, they, I guess they, they didn't really tell us. They just mentioned that, you know, that he outlived him, unfortunately. Yes, he did. And But also, like, again, as much as the colonel was our narrator throughout this whole movie, the main focus was obviously Elvis. Um, and so I, I actually was – I thought it was refreshing to see Tom Hanks as the villain. I, I liked his villainous portrayal kind of being – like he played a good bad guy, and I liked. I, I was I was on board for his performance, and I I bought into it. I bought into both of them performance. I don't. Do you think that Tom Hanks could get another Oscar nom for, as a supporting role? Mm, no. I mean, he was good, no. but I don't. It's 
The only thing I see coming out of this is for Austin Butler. Mm. I I think Tom Hanks was good, but I, I don't think like Oscar worthy good. Do you, do you see any other awards that they can maybe give it to Elvis for? Like as far maybe. as the movie? Maybe production design. Oh, production sounds good. Yeah, I can see that. Um, maybe sound mixing for the music. Sound mixing. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Sound mixing or uh, or maybe a song. Maybe song. one of their what you know maybe one of their songs. Maybe one of the songs he puts out he put out for the film gets nominated. Yeah. Um, but other than, yeah, and, I, and obviously Aston Butler. Yeah, Austin Butler is definitely. He's been the very, very toxic from the very beginning of his performance. Since the movie came out. Since the movie came out, he was like, "This this man's gonna, you know, is a is a big Oscar contender for best lead actor in a movie." And correct after after watching, I can totally see it. He yeah. he transformed into the role of Elvis, and that was very prominent. And like again, like you said, like there were some shots where they switch back to real life footage and. There, it, if you, you blink and you missed it, that was very quick, and he did. Like, they did oh, a was really. Was that him? Was that him, or was that actually Elvis? Like I couldn't yeah. tell. Like, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did a great job, a, a fantastic performance, one of the best we've seen this year. Um, and obviously there, you know, and good reason for him to be in early talks of any Oscar contention so far. Um, so I think he's going to be a hard one to beat once we get closer into the award season. Um, but I, I can I can kind of see Tom Hanks getting a supporting nom for it. I think he did maybe a nom, but yeah, no, not nothing a win. that. Yeah, but that, I don't I just don't I don't I don't see it. I'd have to see what he what what a, what a he would be up against. That's very true. That's very true. But I think it's not out of the realm of possibilities. And the Oscars love Tom Hanks anyway, so very true. I they could just give it to him just cause. Um, but yeah, uh, final thoughts on the movie, Ernesto. Um, so I did like it. I, I, I loved it. I, I just didn't like how long it was. I think it was mm-hmm. a little long. Aston Butler was incredible. My one gripe is that, you know, I had to look up facts. I, I, I found, I found a bunch of articles about mm-hmm. facts versus fiction, about what actually happened in the movie, things that happened in the movie. Did they actually happen in real life? So you, I found an article from USA Today that kind of goes over some of them. Um, did B.B. King and Elvis Presley really hang out on Beale Street? Um, that is no. They they oh. they knew each other, but they weren't as good as friends as the movie depicted them out to be. Interesting. Um, was Robert was Robert Kennedy killed while Elvis was taping the '68 special? The senator was shot elsewhere in L.A. and not during the taping of the of the Elvis specials during rehearsals. Elvis arrived for the start of two weeks of rehearsals on June 3rd, 68. Kennedy was shot on June 5th, dying the next morning, June 6th. The assassination put Elvis into emotional spiral. So it happened while they were rehearsing, but it didn't happen like as they were there literally at the exact moment. Uh, We can forgive that. That's that's close. That's fine. Yeah, That's that's fine. Uh, did Colonel Tom Parker convince Elvis to play Las Vegas to settle his gambling decks? The connection isn't nearly as direct as the film implies, which Elvis' residency at the International Hotel is a way for Elvis' manager to sell his sizable gambling debts at the casino. Um, that Nash notes that Park. So they, this was their interview with... Uh, nah, let me get her name. Let 
Yeah, because he Boslerman did do research in Memphis and Elvis birthplace, mm-hmm. and scores well well researched biographies. They have this is the six moments that they identified. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah. Uh, did he go into the army? Did he go to avoid jail, being jailed for indecency? Not true. The colonel oh. was de- the colonel was delighted that Elvis was causing riots and grabbing headlines for being overly suggestive. It is part of why he wanted him in the first place. Parker, either ever the carney knew what people brought knew what brought people into the big tent. After Elvis was drafted, Parker was an Parker was an army deserter who worked with the Pentagon to ensure that he'd be a regular soldier and not an entertainment corpse. Interesting. He, negoti- he negotiated a PR move to make him appear to be a, an all American boy. He actually met. Um, so I guess Nash, I can't get her last name, but she's the one who wrote, um, she, she wrote a biography about Elvis. Okay. Um, so it seems like the film that took a lot of liberties to kind of bend the truth a little bit. Yeah, but there's a big, but there's a big one that that really, really threw me off. Um, the the scene where he's on stage, where he's screaming at him on stage, that did not happen. Did here oh. is, did Elvis actually fire the colonel from the stage in Las Vegas? No, he would have never have done that. Nor did he ever suggest on stage that he knew of the colonel's immigration issues he fully believed the colonel's story the colonel's story that parker hailed from huntington west virginia elvis died not knowing the truth this didn't come out to the country until 1981 however this is an incident there was an incident a few years before his death when elvis exploded at hilton owner baron hilton Elvis had gone to the home of an employee he liked whose wife was dying from cancer and Hilton terminated the employee because of a rule banning any contact between employees and hotel talent. That night from the stage, Elvis delivered a furious attack on Hilton saying he wasn't worth a damn. She Parker was livid. The two argued into the night until Elvis in his 30th floor suite fired Parker who immediately replied that he quit and, and as the movie depicts retired to his offices to draw up a bill for what he claimed Elvis to owe him. The sum varied some varies from two to 10 million as the movie shows Elvis ultimately decided he could not afford to pay and went back to work for the Colonel. Interesting. So and also the re and also the re and also the rehab thing. Uh, about Priscilla suggesting that he go that he go to um, rehab that did not happen in the book in her book Elvis and me that she would occasionally hear that he had checked into the hospital and she would call to see if he was all right in another one book Elvis by the Presleys Priscilla Presley says she asked says many asked her why she didn't initiate an intervention her response people who ask that don't know Elvis Elvis would no more have responded to an intervention than a demand to give up singing. He would have undoubtedly laughed away any attempt at an intervention. There's no one, including his father, who could have pulled that off. By the time Elvis was trying to get help for his addiction, his wife was no longer in his life on a daily basis. Hmm. So that's so 
this is what I mean. Like, I like the movie, but those are, especially the thing on stage, that's a key yeah. moment in the film that didn't happen. And also, you're giving information to Elvis that he didn't have before he died. So this is, is this a dream of, like, what, what should have happened? Yeah, it, it's interesting. Again, it did seem like the movie took a lot of liberties to move the story forward. Or maybe just trying to get across to the audience that, like, you know, the colonel was not a good person. But we already knew that. Um, but that is – it's interesting choices that were made, like, as you were explaining to me. Like, why why have him burst out on stage when he never really knew the truth about the reasons why. But obviously, at the in the end credits, we see that colonel got sued and all that stuff. And, you know, um, everything was, you know, revealed uh in his passing and you know stuff like that um but yeah that's it's interesting that they never really that they took those liberties but i'm assuming either it was better for drama or it was kind of just putting a few things that happened in real life and kind of just like running around or kind of mixing it into somewhat of like a, a false truth but i felt like we could have still we could have got that emotional time where that that literally what happened sounds just as interesting as the way they depicted of what they depicted in the movie you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah. and then you could have stayed true to the narrative and then you could have had a post-credit scene saying that you know elvis died not knowing of his status that it Very wasn't true. discovered until the 80s like that would have been that would have been fine because you still get the the key moment of him firing him and of him sending him the bill that's the key mm -hmm. moment that we uh, that we need to see and what yeah. actually happened is just as interesting than what you fabricated yeah it's also this this sounds very similar to uh, the house of gucci when yes we did a little bit of research and we found out like all this crazy shit that happened when she was in jail and we were like why was that? that where's that in the movie <laughs> yeah 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 and so we're like was so yeah, it almost sounds like that the truth was even crazier or even yeah. more interesting than the actual thing that happened in the movie. So why change it when it was already a crazy situation? Uh, yeah, and I, I think the truth actually humanizes Elvis more as a human being and it showcases to us as the audience about how much he loved his fans, which was something that Tom Hanks iterated to us in a voiceover later on. We're right. having that scene – and that character connection, we would have gotten, we would have understood that because of him going out and being in like just the act of being upset for that worker and the fact of going to visit somebody who's dying from cancer who loved the Elvis music. Then we would have gotten mm -hmm. a moment from an Elvis fan in during that time. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't know. Missed opportunity. Yeah. yeah and I can, I mean, and there are also some, let's see, where, where was the Rotten Tomatoes at? 78 for the, for the critics. 94 for the audience so obviously the critics also kind of agreed some to some degree that there were some things that people didn't like about the movie obviously it sits at 78 but still a good rating and then obviously the audiences really loved it because it sits at 94 um but yeah i it's but but you're right like they did took some liberties and and I, my big gripe with the movie was definitely the stylistic choices that they put in there i felt like it was yeah. flashy overly flashy for no reason um and but that's just Baz Luhrmann. He kind of goes a little extra sometimes. So I, you can forgive him for that. But that's also one of the traits I don't like him when, with some of his movies. Um, he did the same thing with The Great Gatsby, and I feel like in some cases that worked, um, where in Elvis it didn't. Um, I feel like Great Gatsby is a more of a grandiose movie because it's yes. about you know Leo's. It's about being big and showy. It's kind of that's kind of like the 
the, the 1920s. I felt like it was more fitting. Yeah. Like it didn't bother me in The Great Gatsby the way it kind of bothered me here. Yeah, I yes, I agree to that. Um, but overall, I think like we mentioned before, the highlights of this movie was Austin Butler's performance as Elvis, which was downright incredible. And you also had some great music that was featured throughout here. We got like a, a lot of sprinkles of like Elvis's greatest hits throughout this movie. And it was told in an interest in an entertaining way for the most part. Yes. I was kind of I was entertained from not no, I wouldn't say start because that was a weird beginning, but at least like once he was no longer a child, I think I was on board with the movie. Once they fast forward a little bit and he was like performing um, in like this, this small venue and he first started doing the wiggle um, and they really started introducing what Elvis was and who, what type of person that he was and what he was able to invoke to the audience. That's when I feel like the movie really picked up. But I do agree with you. It did run a little bit long and... That's unfortunate because we could have had a tighter story with that. But overall, I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to. Oh, I, oh, I agree with that 100% because I actually – I anticipated to not like it. I thought it was mm. going to be long and like mm-hmm. maybe his performance would have been good. But, I mean, I was he hooked me. He, he yeah. kept me hooked for the 240. Yeah, same here. And, and, I, and I agree. I, I was going into it because there were some negativity about the movie. So I was kind of going into it kind of bracing myself for maybe not enjoying it and like okay we're about to sit down for a long 240 but sure enough it was it was good so i'm happy i'm happy that it was you know it was it was a good movie to maybe not warrant its long runtime but just enough to hold us over especially with austin butler's performance um so there you go that's our spoiler review on elvis i'm sure if it's being talked about during the next year's award season we will be having this discussion yet again, comparing maybe Austin Butler's performance with others um, around there. And that's also an episode just getting a, a little bit of a head start this year on some of these potential Oscar movies that are happening. We do we are, do better and better every year. That's right. Yes, we do. Um, so we and there's also a few that's coming down the pipe. I know uh, you have uh, David or Russell's um, Amsterdam that's coming soon. Mm, that could be an really Oscar look- contender. I'm really looking forward to that one. You have Sam Mendes, the uh, the Empire of Light, I believe the title is called. Mm. That's a potential Oscar contender. You have Babylon, the new movie from um, what's his name? Uh, he did La La Land, a movie you still haven't seen yet. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's right. Uh, just just putting it out there. Um, Damon Damon Chazelle. Uh, the director of La La Land is also coming out with a movie called Babylon. That's early 2023, and also one that I'm very looking, very much looking forward to, The Fableman, Steven Spielberg's new movie. That's mm. also in high contention. Both, all three of these movies, Ernesto, The Empire of Light, Babylon, and The Fablemans, all have to do with filmmaking. Mm, so, so you, you know, all, Hollywood you, loves Hollywood. That's right. So it's it's kind of a shoe in that some of these movies are already discussed. And, and the Oscars also love David O. Russell. So Amsterdam coming out. Not to surprise if, you know, we see those four movies being potential, you know, talked about again. I'm just kind of putting it out there. You know, you go back to listen to this podcast six months later and be like, oh, Matt said about those movies. Yeah, Matt, said, <laughs> Matt called it. You heard Matt it. Called it. <laughs> you heard it, Bobbers. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Bobbers. Bobbers. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come over there. Um, we'll think. We'll think of something. Bobbers. I'm not sure about that one. That's a little too uh, on the nose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyway, um, 
tell our lovely listeners and us what they can afford, look forward to next week. So we finally get to watch the highly contended movie. When everybody's <laughs> talking, the one that's had the most drama, which is either going to be a really good thing or yeah. a really bad thing. Yet, very much yet so. has, yeah, yet has to be seen. We're going to see a live. We're going to be checking out Olivia Wilde's new movie. Don't worry, darling. And hopefully we will have a special guest on that episode as well. Hopefully, yeah, that, that's in the works. Uh, but hopefully we can all, you know make all that happen i'm looking forward to this movie a lot of buzz is around it for better or for worse we're gonna be here for the ride yeah. <laughs> uh starring uh, olivia wilde florence Pugh, harry styles and chris pine it's 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 being talked about i think it's gonna do very well in the box office at the very least but i'm interested it's it's a mystery Same. i like a good mystery i mean but you know i was interested from the trailer like I thought, yeah. I saw the trailer in our theaters, and I was like, "Oh, this is like giving up fucked up Stafford wives vibes." I'm, I was yeah. like, "I'm here for it." Feel yeah. Lawrence Pugh, Chris Pine. I mean, it's got a good cast, so it does. Let's see if the how well that crazy translates on screen. That's right, very much so. So we're gonna be looking forward, and we're gonna be talking about that movie next week. If you want more from us, you can find us on our social media channels on Instagram at boxoffice underscore binges for all the latest and breaking news, movie showed on Mondays, new to stream Fridays, as well as our latest movie reviews and TV reviews um, with our box office bingers, fresh takes, and box office bingers, latest binges. You can also find all that on our Facebook page at box office bingers, and then for fun stuff on our TikTok page at box office bingers. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to us each and every week. Just talk about movies. Have fun talking about this. We really do appreciate. Have fun Have fun talking about this each and every week uh, with you, Ernesto. It's always a pleasure, as always. And uh, thank you, the listeners, for, for coming back each and every week. Really do appreciate yeah. it. Uh, come back next week for more movie fun. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. Ben Ernesto Santos. See ya.